Welcome to the next chapter of As the Story Grows. I'm Brian Patton. This week, we welcome Eminence guitarist and founding member Harold Barrett to the podcast. Eminence released Hiding in Heaven, one of my favorite albums of 2021, back in November on Arising Empire Records. Harold talks about the absence of a supportive metal scene in Sweden, incorporating strings into Eminence's sound, how the band worked through the pandemic, and finding purpose on Hiding in Heaven. If you haven't heard Hiding in Heaven yet, I definitely recommend giving it a spin. It's an absolutely incredible record. Enjoy this week's chat with Harold Barrett from Eminence. How's it going? Good, good, thank you. A uh, bit busy because we, um, yesterday we announced two release shows that we're doing in Sweden just before we get on um, our like European leg. Or actually yeah. it's like two, two dates that we're doing like before we go to Finland in January. But it's sort of kicking off the whole release tour that we're doing, like the album tour, Heaven and Hiding. Yeah. Um, so we just announced that it's going to be in Gothenburg and in Stockholm. Uh, two other really cool bands in the lineup. Uh, it's really exciting, but a little bit scary as well because these are like the first shows we're headlining in Sweden in I think it's like seven years or something. Oh wow! Yeah, we don't really play here. We do some festivals here and there, um, like during summers, and like we played an indoor festival this like a month ago or something, I think. But uh, no, we rarely play like here, and especially not headline. So it's cool. Yeah, it's going to be really exciting to try it out. I'm yeah. I'm looking forward to that. That's awesome. Why why don't you play a lot locally? Like, uh, well, you know, there's no really like there's no scene over here. Um, <laughs> no, that's that's how it is really. That's why so many Swedish bands like we have so many good artists and bands coming from Sweden and Scandinavia, yeah. especially in the rock metal field. Um, so what they do is that they go down to Germany or mainland Europe because that's pretty close to us. And that's where we tour intensely. And that's usually where we might get some attention. That's where a lot of bands get signed as well, um, including us. So I think that's where you build your audience. And when you get some sort of recognition, recognition like people at your home territory can look at you and be like, okay, they, they actually made themselves a name then they kind of start accepting you over here. Um, yeah. But uh, no, yeah, it's it's a very hard market for that kind of music over here in Sweden. Definitely that's, it is. That's so wild, considering how many bands have come up through Sweden and you just think you'd be like this hotbed for oh, no. metal and hardcore. It's just not. I'd say the opposite, actually. Definitely the opposite. So yeah, what got you into metal then? What got me into a metal band? Yeah. Um... Well, first of all, I think it must have started when I was around 14, 15 years old. And I started to discover, um, you know, this old school hard rock, old school heavy metal. Um, I'm referring to bands such as, you know, ACDC, Iron Maiden, Metallica, that kind of old mm -hmm. stuff. And um, 
the head friend who who owned an acoustic guitar like when i i grew up in a super tiny village uh four thousand inhabitants like somewhere in the southernmost part of sweden like far off from everything basically and um you know, but there was a, there was a guy there that I knew. He had a guitar, an acoustic guitar. I could go there, and I was always trying to sit in the corner and try to figure out like how to play Iron Man or Smoke on the Water or something. And and eventually, I got myself an acoustic guitar, saved up some money for it, and I just you know I just played so much. Uh, I had I had no really like at the point you have to understand that I had really no input from what it meant to be to pl- be playing the kind of music I was listening to. Yeah. So I was just, you know, playing it and wondering why it didn't sound like it did on the album. <laughs> pretty much. Um, but later on, <clears throat> I got an electric guitar, started playing that, you know, practiced all the time and just started to assemble some friends that you kind of, you know, forced to play with you in, in like a rehearsal space. Um, and just kind of different formations of basement, you know, garage bands, something like yeah. that. So we jammed out a lot. Um, Eddie, our vocalist, was actually in one of those because we grew up together. We were in high school together, um, and from there, just one of the one of the projects we were working on just kind of became imminence after yeah. some time. Of course, the music we did at the time had nothing to do with what we're doing now, um, but it was somehow well, it was pretty bad. You know, we were really bad, <laughs> but but it was a lot of fun. It was pretty heavy, and uh, we just enjoyed ourselves so much. So yeah. That's how it how it went. That's awesome. That's awesome because, like, even though there's no scene there, because there is such a prominence of like Swedish metal bands. Like, do people gravitate towards that? Like, knowing that like it exists. Yeah, I mean, of course, uh, it was better when I grew up. Uh, if you would go to the bigger cities, of course, we had there were shows like touring mm-hmm. bands were coming here as well, obviously, but uh, not really as it would be. Um, as my experience has been for, you know, touring so much in Europe. Um, uh, if there were coming any bands here, they would probably be quite a lot bigger and they would only play in like our three main cities, like Stockholm, mm-hmm. Gothenburg and Malmö. And, uh, um, you know, we have like a land surface that is almost as the size of Germany, which is pretty crazy when you think about it. Yeah. And we don't have so many inhabitants. Um, but there were more bands at that time but uh, and compared to what it is today um but i feel like especially for that scene also the metalcore hardcore stuff was really not established and uh, especially in, it was it was getting a bit of hype there around maybe 10 years ago or something and then then it just disappeared again yeah and there were really few bands you know that that uh, were managed to stick around uh, unfortunately yeah yeah i I've talked to uh some of your uh, label mates over in France. And do you think it has to do with like the rise in popularity of like trap music and the ease of like creating your own music at home or like bands and metal, like kind of dissipates and more people aren't doing it or lately? I think so. Yeah. I think of course there are different trends growing up, but um, like, I'm going to sound so old when, when I say this, but when I was young, <laughs> you know, <laughs> when I went to high school or whatever, um, it was, of course, we had internet and we had social media, but not absolutely not to the same extent as yeah. we have today. So it was really a thing where you had to, like, I went to local shows, you know, I just said there was no scene, but I mean, there could be maybe some local bands playing in a, in a city nearby. And of course, there were, there were no, 
like there was not really an audience to talk about. Yeah. But there were always some people that you knew, like some of the kids that you can hang around with and and also just to meet up with your friends once or twice a week and you know to rehearse and jam together. It was it, it felt like a, a purpose that is really not it's not needed in the same way today because you can just go online and check your Instagram or, or TikTok or whatever it is and, and you'll see anything. You get the entertainment, you get the the you know the, the, the so you feel your social quote very much easier today uh, compared to when I was young. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah, which I'm sure was after I was young. So <laughs> uh, okay, fair enough. We, we had no social media in high school. <laughs> okay, all right, yeah, fair enough. Was uh, Eddie playing violin like always something you wanted to incorporate into your sound as something like different? The thing is that Eddie, he played um, violin. He started playing when he was five years old. So oh. he played on and off. Like, and, you know, we, when we were young, we were like metalheads. Like we listened to Slipknot and the Flames and, and you know, long hair and dreads and whatever. <laughs> um, so the music we were writing at the time didn't really fit so well with that. We never saw that as an option. And, but quite early on, we actually tried it out. We, we did, I remember we played a show so many years ago where we tried to do a song live that had violin and stuff, um, but nobody got it. But that was mm -hmm. probably because our performance was so bad. <laughs> but um, so, but, and then we, we kind of, you know, we, we progressed away from that and we were going into more, uh, well, we used violin here and there, but mo more for like arrangements to, you know, to widen a chorus sometimes mm -hmm. and just give that other element and another sound coming in, but not really as a, as a fronted main instrument. I think we didn't do that really until we, um, well, we wrote some acoustic stuff. That's true. Um, we felt that it matched really well with what we wanted to do, but it wasn't until Turn the Light On when... Um, but we just talked about it and uh, I think it was, I think it really, the first time it really, really worked, it really, when we cho chose to like front that instrument mm -hmm. was in a song called Infectious. Yep. And uh, we, yeah, it just felt so natural for us. And it, it became like a, like a B-side to Eddie's voice, like his vocals mm -hmm. or the way he's, he's using his vocal instrument. So there's something he would do when he's not singing, you know, and yeah. to, to complete the song somehow. Yeah. Yeah, it's it's a really cool layer, and especially like when I first heard Temptation, like it adds so much, like it gives it a real cinematic feel. That's really yeah. cool. Yeah, thank you. Yeah. How'd you guys get connected with We Are Triumphant? We Are Triumphant. My God, this is a long time ago. <laughs> um, I think we. Uh, oh my God. <laughs> I I think it was like that where where. I, I believe that we had put out um, like a, a music video for 
a song called Wine and Water. Mm-hmm. And it premiered on a channel called Hardcore Worldwide um, that was still like uprising at the time. And it got a pretty fair amount of clicks. Um, you know, it, for us at the time, it was it was great. You know, passing videos with hundred thousand views and then like two, three, ten thousand, whatever. And that was like, wow, okay, people are really watching it. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that uh, the label manager um, reached out to us, or if it was to me, I I don't remember really how it went. And just said, okay, I really like the song. Asked us a bit about the band. And I said, yeah, I would love to release the entire EP when it's out. So, yeah, that's how we went. He just found us on YouTube. That's awesome. That's awesome. How'd you guys end up with the Rising Empire then from there? Almost like in the same way. Um, <clears throat> we had, we only had those songs out like from that ep and from an album first like it was almost like self-release that we did called i mm-hmm. um the first album that we did ourselves and um after that we we started to tour um first tour we did was in 2014 we worked with the booker down in like we went to like balkans you know serbia bosnia and croatia to tour mm-hmm. and it was super hard um but i thought it was just so fantastic um so after that i decided to start learning how to book shows so i booked our first tours um and i think it got us maybe i don't know in the first year or something like i don't know 50 tour dates or something um which was pretty good for the time and i think like with um some of our music like especially hard the hardcore worldwide combined water went pretty good like in stream numbers and that rising empire saw that damn this band is like unsigned they don't have a they don't have like a booking agent and they're doing everything on their own and they're still like touring as hell so i think that kind of caught their interest um some years ago that's awesome that's awesome how did uh COVID affect the band like you guys put out uh turn on the lights in 2019 but it was mid 2019 so had you guys finished the touring cycle for that record and we're gearing up for writing the follow-up or the thing is that we were actually fortunate enough to we actually had time to do the album tour for turn the light on mm-hmm. and we did that it was, i think it was in january february to yeah 2020 actually yeah. so we were literally in italy played a show there a few days before the first covid um cases were found oh, man. so we really dodged a bullet like really um yeah totally crazy but um of course there were some plans except for festivals and um yeah there was another tour that we wanted to put on sale um like an acoustic tour that we actually announced and it sold so well people were super excited but we had to push that into next year um so touring wise of course of course it was very hard super hard not to be on the road um because you're just so used to that you've been living that sort of lifestyle for many years now and all of a sudden you just don't but I think it was good in the way where we could just dive in and explore other other aspects of our band and especially like the songwriting because mm-hmm. um, the new album was written during the pandemic and I think it was really the only thing that that me and Eddie could just turn to and, and do you know as well as we possibly could because there was so much else that were like taken from us 
so we could just give everything we had into that album yeah yeah that's where you put your focus into writing or did you guys have yeah. like some sort of like twitch or tiktok stream where you were trying to be engaging with fans at the same time no nothing like that nothing like that i mean i, I think we it's important to um, of course you need to find other ways when you're facing like a crisis like this but you still have to be uh observant of what like when you're facing a, a hard situation or a crisis still be mindful of who you are and what is right for you what mm -hmm. is your way so we except for the writing and developing a new album we worked on uh, mostly our e-commerce like our web shop because mm -hmm. we're running our own storage and we're packing our orders by like with our own hands really we we handle everything we're taking care of it and uh, i think that was a really great thing to have because it really felt like a lot of fans felt very connected to us we felt very connected with the fans yeah. also um and i think they they were giving uh, an opportunity to support us in in uh, in a very very hard time so yeah. we were happy and fortunate to have that for sure that's awesome. With Sweden being less locked down than a lot of other countries, was it easy for you guys to get together and write? Yeah, we had zero lockdowns. Yeah. Yeah, really. So yeah, that was no problem at all. Of course, you had to be be careful. Like usually you might see your best friend, you might give him a hug or something. So you had to be a bit yeah. careful with that, you know. <laughs> but but we could we could meet up. We were writing at Eddie's place, um, as we always are. Um and that didn't mean any complications at all. Um, not even in the studio, because we, we recorded in November 2020. Yeah, we did. And we were just basically locked in the studio with Henrik Ud, um outside of Gothenburg. It was just not meeting any other people. Yeah. So in that way, it was pretty COVID safe, I'd say. That's cool. Because you had time to be more creative in your writing. Did, were there things you wanted to try on this record that you hadn't done previously? whether that was exploring more violin in the music or? Uh, I think, yeah, well, in a way, if we, like what we started with basically was just, as with any album cycle, you start where the previous one ended, mm -hmm. but the first challenge is really to just, as I usually say, you just tear down everything you built up with the old album. Like you start from a clean slate. Uh, you want to start from scratch again and 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 try to, be open to to try and explore uh new ways to be creative and uh and challenge your perception of yourself as a songwriter and i think we always did that and this is a very like unhinged process that just sort of happens mm -hmm. and you, it, it takes a lot of time you need to dedicate a lot of time to this which we did and there was really no no pressure here like we just wanted to finish the album eventually but it's not like okay so now we finished that tour we're doing the festival season then we're gearing up for the next one that's getting booked now so the next release should be blah 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 nothing like that mm -hmm. it was sort of like you you, you know almost like stop the clocks so nobody knows when this is going to be over so take your time and do the best you can and, and we'll plan from that from, from there on basically yeah yeah was the conversation always to release this when you could tour and play shows again or was it just when it's done and ready and feels right mm, obviously we wanted to connect it with the tour mm -hmm. um because that's the that is sort of the ultimate uh, goal to us to bring that music you wrote to the stage to mm -hmm. present it to people and to feel that energy 
and the songs bouncing off the crowd. Uh, for us, that's pretty much what's what it is about. And you want to celebrate the release and and uh, also make justice to the music you wrote by performing it live. So of course, yeah, there were some. Um, there was always the idea to try and put it out when when uh, this whole thing hopefully uh, is a bit better. I fear the end has just begun. As darkness festers in my heart, I know I can't go on chasing the shadows in the dark. Were there any lyrical themes or ideas you guys wanted to tackle on this record? Yeah, yeah, absolutely it is. I mean, Heaven and Hiding is... There is definitely a, an overall theme. Heaven and Hiding is about, you know, finding your own purpose, finding your own strength, looking beneath the curtain or behind the curtain, mm -hmm. um, and not be easily persuaded by finding your reasons why or your purpose or the meaning in your life somewhere else. Cause we feel like today there are so many ways to find that on, on a lot of shallow places um, where you might easily look for answers. But for us, it's more about look, look inwards to yourself. Um, like in order to try to fix what's not right and to fix yourself, like learn to love yourself first. Mm -hmm and understand yourself and look for that heaven inside of you um, rather than anywhere else, and, or at least start at that point. I meant to ask earlier, uh, where'd the band name come from? Eminence? Yeah. Uh, actually, from the beginning, there was... <laughs> that's the hardest part of forming a band. Like, what, yeah. what, are, you, what are you gonna call, call yourself? Um, so there were some different suggestions, I remember, but we, we kind of just felt drawn to, to that, like imminence and, and the meaning of it. But we're pretty young back then, so we didn't think so much about the, like the, the, the meaning behind the word. Mm -hmm. But that kind of just fell into place later on um, and sort of started to be a, a perfect reflection of what we want to, like of how our approach is, uh, mm -hmm. you know, as a band. So... I guess it was just a natural attraction, if you will, to, to the band name. And then it just, yeah, it just became a really, really good match, I think. That's awesome. That's awesome. Well, November 26th, the record's out. You guys, uh, you're, you're hitting the road. You just, you said you're hitting the road. You're going to tour. You just announced your record release shows locally. Yeah. What's, what's in the pipeline next, yeah. I mean? Yeah. Uh, well, after that, we have like we have two shows in in January here in Sweden, which is pretty much the first headline shows we're doing since since before the pandemic. Uh, after that, we go into Finland for a week, and um, pretty much right after that, we're heading out on the big European headline tour, where we're doing Europe and one day in the UK. Uh, I think it's almost twenty dates, and um, 
Yeah, we're super excited about that one. It's going to be the biggest headline dates we're ever doing. Like we never stepped up to that capacity before, mm-hmm. but we feel excited and and, and uh, we're hoping that it's going to work out well. Yeah. <laughs> I, really hope so. I think so. Um, and after that, we have a short run. We're going over to Russia um, and... Um, and then we get back basically to do the acoustic tour, uh, which is going to be very, very, I'm looking forward to that so much. We're bringing uh, a, a string quartet, like a, oh, and a, and a, yeah, and a grand piano, like choir vocals, and we're playing in, in smaller concert halls. So we do a couple of dates with that setting in Germany. And festival season, we've been fortunate enough to, um, despite like this horrible pandemic we've been fortunate enough to, to get offered some really good slots at some very very good major festivals here in over in europe um so we're super happy about that i see the wolf beneath the skin darkness rising from within a secret heaven in hiding can find the silver lining What we can say about the record is that I think it's like the perfect manifestation of where we were at by the time it was written. I, I never felt more at home with the sound than with Heaven in Hiding, I must say. And I think this is really, it's absolutely by far the best work we've ever done. Um, and most of them, definitely the most genuine one, I would say. Thanks for listening to As the Story Grows. Our intro music was written and composed by Jeremy Hunt. The As the Story Grows theme is by Bob Nana. If you like what you hear, subscribe wherever you get your podcasts and give us a rating and review. If you'd like to support the show financially, you can join us at patreon.com slash as the story grows. Be a part of our community and join the ongoing conversation over on Discord. If you enjoy this episode, share it on social media with your friends. Much appreciated, and thanks for listening. I never felt so young and alive as when I'm diving into a tomb. And now I'm learning as I listen along, and the wheels are turning, and I started a song. One good word, and I'm gone. Oh, as the story. Show